This is a Hot Pie Original. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the DMP City Sports Podcast presented by Odd Shark. I am Chad Fisher. Alongside my co-host, Tony Farmer. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm having a good day today, man. I'm excited about the show. Talk yeah. a little Detroit Pistons today. Yeah, yeah, man. We got Amari Sankofa on the show today. He's out in Summer League covering the uh, NBA Summer League. It's going to be interesting to talk to him, get his opinions on some things. A lot of high draft picks out there playing this week. It'll be interesting to get his opinion on how those guys are transitioning to the NBA. Yeah, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's out in Vegas. And speaking of Vegas, the betting capital of the United States, Yeah, uh, let's talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Oddshark. Yeah, definitely. Oddshark is a go-to resource here for the DMP City Sports Podcast. We liked Oddshark before, I mean, before they were even our sponsor. Chad and I were visiting their website, checking them out. Uh, It's a great resource. Yeah. Oddshark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, the hottest sports news, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Oddshark has that too, and it's right. In-depth expert analysis, odds, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. They've got decades of status, stats in their databases, and their insiders give you takes so hot they sizzle. Mmm, that's hot. They're your one-stop shop. For all your odds info on sports and pop culture events, want to get a better understanding of the odds and the math behind the numbers, how the line is set, why the lines move during the week, Oddshark will give you all the tools you need. They're a proven industry powerhouse. Oddshark has info from around the globe, giving you the chance to access the best sports odds on the planet. Whether you want to check out tonight's football odds, this week's hockey or basketball trends, or anything in between, head on over to Odd Shark and start thinking like a shark today. Yeah, man. And speaking of Odd Shark, I've got the website pulled up right here, Chad, okay. because I want to talk about some NBA futures. Okay, what's all right. Up, man? Yeah. I want to hit you with some lines, and I want to get your opinion and, mm-hmm. and see see what you think. So let's uh, let's start with the Pistons today, considering yeah. our guest. Yeah. And uh, let's see what we got here for Detroit. Detroit. Oh boy, this is this is a tough one, Chad. Yeah. Uh, we got about three hundred and fifty to one is the best oh, wow. odds that I see on to win the now. championship. Yes, sir. Yeah. Wow. Uh, to win the whole championship. How you feeling about that one? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're going to be much improved from last year for sure. You know, they got a good coach, Dwayne Casey. We're going to talk to Amari about uh, Jeremy Grant, who had a big season last year. Uh, kind of solidified himself as an all-star. No one really saw that coming. He actually had an offer from another team for the same amount of money, I believe it was the Denver Nuggets, and he ended up going to Detroit because he wanted more playing time. He wanted to be able to showcase his talents a little bit. He's uh, he's going to be interesting to watch. I think he's going to uh, continue to make that leap. And then Cade Cunningham, obviously the number one pick of the draft, he's going to have a, a good year, obviously, I think so. He's going to be a, a great player in this league, but 350-1. to one, I don't think I'm touching that, man. I'm be honest. What's interesting about it to me, Chad, is it actually opened at 500 to one, oh. and at some point between you know the end of the season, which was very recently, and now it's gone down to like I said, 350 to one, and in some places, 250 to one. So, do you think that was the draft? The draft, yeah, picks? definitely I mean, had to be Cade coming yeah. in there and everything. He's going to be a generational talent. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he transitions to the NBA. But I think he's he's got a great coach, Dwayne Casey, who was former coach of the year at the to- Toronto Raptors. He's gonna let him do his thing, and he's gonna have some good, uh, some good guys to look up to. Jeremy Grant. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they progress this year, and you know they're just trying to get some pieces, man. You know what I'm saying? And so next year you get a top ten pick or so, add to what you've got already, and they could be a good team. And the the NBA, uh, the excuse me, the uh, Central Division and the uh, East 
is getting better and better. I mean, you mm, saw Milwaukee true. won the championship. Chicago got a lot better this year. Yeah, uh, with uh, 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 Ball, uh, and then they picked up who else did they get in the free agency? Man, um, you can't remember. You can't uh, remember. <laughs> they they got a lot better, man. Yeah, they improved. They, they got Lonzo. Uh, they're gonna be a lot better there. Um, Zach Levine's always a good player as well, man. So the 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 Cavs, we got Evan Mobley. I think he's going to be more of like a two three year project type guy. I watched him in summer league the other night. Yeah, uh, he looked good, but you know he's he, big man. It always takes a lot longer for them to progress, as you saw with DeAndre Ayton this year. Kind of made that leap after the first couple of years of his career. Kind of like, eh, you know, Jerry was still out this year. He made a big time leap, and he leap, and he he's looking like he's going to be a max extension type guy. So, um. Yeah, so the Central's getting better, man. But uh, yeah, 350 to one, I probably wouldn't mess with that. All right, so this next one I'm most excited about because this is a team that has been snake bit by injuries recently. How about the Golden State Warriors? Best line I see here is 10 to one. That's not bad, man. That's not that's something you might want to jump on. I, I personally don't think that, you know, I hate the Warriors. I'm a Cavs guy, so they're like our perennial adversary. But, uh, you know, they got Klay Thompson coming back, Draymond Green, um, and, you know what I'm saying, obviously Steph Curry. They got a couple uh, good draft picks as well. I'm surprised they didn't flip those for somebody else, like Ben Simmons or something like that. That's surprising. I mean, we still got a lot, a lot, a lot of time left uh, before the season starts. You never know what could happen. Hearing Ben Simmons isn't happy there. I don't think they're too happy with him either, to be honest with you. But uh, ten to one, man, that's not bad. That's I, I can see a lot of people putting some money down on that uh, line for sure. For sure, man. And then the Lakers, after the big oh, move yeah. we saw on draft night or the mm-hmm. day before draft, uh, I see now uh, three to one is three to the one. best odds that I can get on the Lakers right that, now. That team kind of feels like, to me, a little bit like uh, uh, the Lakers of old when they brought in Carl Malone, they brought in Gary Payton, and they had all these stars, and you thought, there's no way in hell they're not going to win, you know, and they end up getting beat by the Pistons, um, who we're going to talk about today. But, uh, yeah, it feels like that because they got a lot of veterans on that team. I don't know. I mean, Carmelo Anthony's. A, I think he shot around 38, 39, 40% from three last year. He's definitely going to help them out a little bit. But once again, with the Lakers, it's going to come down to injuries, man. You know what I'm saying? If Anthony, uh, Anthony Davis can stay healthy, can LeBron stay healthy? This is two two of his three seasons with the Lakers have kind of ended in injuries, you know, or, or been plagued by injuries towards the end of the season. It's going to be interesting. Is LeBron going to be able to continue to be the LeBron of old, or is he starting to finally wear down? Is Father Time finally starting to get a, get a hold of the him? The LeBron of old or just old LeBron? Old LeBron, yeah. <laughs> it's, going one, be, right? it's going to be interesting to see, man, but they're 3-1, to one, you said? Yeah, which is interesting. Brooklyn's also 3-1. to one. So oh, are My they next really? question for you is, if you got to take one of those at 3-1, to one, you like Brooklyn or you like Lakers? Uh, I'm taking Brooklyn, but same thing with them, man. It's yeah. injuries. You know, Kevin Durant has had some injuries the last few years. Um he looked good in uh, USA Basketball this year. Kyrie's always had injuries his entire career, it seems like. James Harden had some injuries last year as well. But if that team's healthy, I don't think anyone beats them. I, I would right. take them if I was any if I was going to put some money down. They're three to one. I'm surprised they're not like two and a half to one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, That's there crazy. are some, but the best yeah. number is okay. three to one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would jump on that, man. And then how about uh, how about Joe Wieskamp, our buddy in San yeah. Antonio? Yeah. We can get ourselves some 200 to one odds. Oh, wow. Uh, which is pretty sweet. This is a great example of why you need Odd Shark, right? One website here has got 95 to one, the other one's got 200 to oh, one. Oh, wow. That's a big difference. Literally man. double, more than yeah, double yeah, yeah. the difference there. Uh, I'd be pissed if I put some money down and found out there's a better line like that, man. <laughs> So you got to go to Odd Shark. Exactly, man. Uh, no, no go on the Spurs there. Yeah, two hundred to one. Two hundred to one. Yeah, to win the championship, they're definitely rebuilding. They got some good players. It seems like that uh, Josh Primo that they drafted. A lot of people thought they reached for him, but 
so far in summer league, he's looked pretty good. And I always trust the Spurs uh, management, upper management and their assessment of talent. I think that they're going to, they pick the right guy probably. And I think Joe Weezy, you know, he's going to be fucking, he's going to be awesome, man. He's yeah. going to be a guy that can definitely be in the league for 10 or 15 years. He's, he's so athletic, man. I think that's what the Spurs saw was his athleticism, 42 inch vertical. The guy can get up, man. He's not just a shooter. He can put the, he's going to eventually be able to put the ball on the deck with that a- athleticism. The Spurs will find a way to translate that defensively. He'll be a good defensive player in a couple years. Um, he's gonna. He, I can see him being a guy that could start for you. He could be a great shooting oh, guard. Oh yeah, you know no doubt. Like I a mean, Danny Green type. Yeah, in the summer league so far, he's off to a slow start shooting, but we know he's a shooter. The shots mm-hmm. are gonna drop, so I'm not worried about yeah. that at all. He's also collecting a few rebounds in the summer league too, so he's showing. Big guy, that, man. Six, yeah, seven. man. Yeah, he's showing what he can do for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to watch him play. We're definitely gonna have to go check him out a couple times this year down to San Antonio. Yeah, just a short hour drive from Austin here. We're gonna go check him out. See if he can hook it up, hook us up with some floor seats or something he's like, <laughs> like hell no man he's like i'm sorry who are you guys again i don't remember i don't i don't remember dmp i don't know don't ring any bells oh, so yeah man it's gonna be interesting i definitely can't wait to watch him play this year though for sure no doubt all right i got one more for you chad right. utah jazz at 18 to 1 18 to 1 is the best line i see i see some 13 dude, to 1 as well that was, but... that's something i would jump on man yeah you know hell yeah dude they, they you know they definitely underachieved last year they're the best record in the nba last year a lot of people thought they could have definitely won the championship i was talking to a buddy of mine uh last night and i thought i told him i said man it sucks because it was wide open with those injuries and stuff so that's something i would jump on <clears throat> donovan mitchell's gonna be you know probably up there in the mvp candidate uh talk and everything i think he's gonna have a great year so it's gonna be very interesting man all right, sounds so, yeah. good. Well, hopefully you enjoyed, enjoyed this betting segment where we look at the NBA futures. We love our future market here on on uh, DMPCD. Yeah, and we're going to get into our interview with Omari Sankofa with the Detroit Free Press. Our guest today is, the, is a Detroit Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. He's a guy I've been following for a while, and I love his Pistons NBA coverage. He's out. Uh, are you out in Summer League right now, Omari? I am out in summer. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, trying to avoid the heat. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) He's currently out in Vegas uh, covering this NBA summer league. He's a great writer and reporter with big time insider knowledge, and we're super happy to finally get him on the show. Please welcome to the DMP CD Sports Podcast, Omari Sankofa. How you doing, brother? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Obviously, big week for the Pistons with Cade Cunningham making his debut. So, yeah, uh, definitely. We're gonna get to all that, man. I got. You said you're in Vegas. I gotta ask you, man. Have you been to any buffets that double as uh, titty bars out there yet, or what's going on, man? (laughs) (laughs) No buffets yet. No titty bars yet. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I've been trying to adjust to the heat. You know, yeah. Coming after this past year of doing nothing, you kind of just have to ease back into you know doing everything else. Although I'm not a super, I'm not a super. crazy guy yeah yeah but <laughs> you know, i got it anyway. low key but man probably will hit a buffet at some point yeah why not man you got to try some biscuits or something man um that vegas heat is no joke man. yeah that dog, dry heat, not, like, we, oh, we, yeah. we're in austin so we get the humidity every once in a while it's a totally oh, different yeah. ball game in, in vegas man Woo. yeah but no uh, doubt. obviously being from detroit we don't get too many hundred degree days mm, and nah. they are hundred degrees it's not dry heat like this so mm. yeah you know, for sure i'm from I'm from Ohio originally, man. I spent some time up in Ann Arbor going to Michigan games and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, this is a totally different ball game, man. But, yeah, uh, Vegas ain't no joke. But, uh, Amari, y'all got Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft. As a Cavs fan, I just want to congratulate you on coming back to relevancy. I hope we can join you there someday. But how, how are you feeling, man, and, and about that pickup, and how good do you think he can actually be? 
I think he could be really good. Mm-hmm. Like he was a guy that, uh, you know, I think in a draft when you have Evan Mobley and, and Jalen Green, uh, who both would have went number one last year. Uh, Jalen Suggs, too, probably would have went number one mm-hmm. last year. Uh, you know, Cade was considered to be uh, the safest and, and, and best of all of four of those guys. Uh, doesn't really have so many holes in his game. I mean, of course, he's a, a really good shooter. Uh, he reads the floor like a point guard. Uh, you know, he's got really good size. So he can defend multiple positions. Uh, I think he's a guy that, uh, even if every aspect of his game doesn't translate immediately, you feel pretty good that uh, as a rookie, he's going to be impactful in, in some way. So uh, for the Pistons to be able to get a guy that just has such a high floor, uh, I think accelerates their their rebuild for sure. Yeah, definitely. I want to ask you, what do you think his ceiling is? Because a lot of people, and my, me especially, I've had a hard time coming up with a player comp for him or someone that he resembles. What type of player do you think he can be and what's he like exceptional at? It is tough to come up with a good comparison for him. Uh, one that their GM Trey Weaver used that you know I actually thought fit pretty well was Larry Bird. You know, just yeah. from the perspective, and obviously you know, Larry Bird's the top seven player of all <laughs> yeah. time. So that's you know I don't know if that's his ceiling, but just from, from the standpoint of he's a guy that uh, not the most gifted athlete, but just thinks the game at a high level. Uh, just really good shooter and playmaker. He's big, can just do everything. I think that makes sense. Another comparison I've heard is a guy like Grant Hill. Yeah, I think yeah. Grant Hill was mm-hmm. a different tier of athlete. And, you know, I think Kay's a much better shooter. But just again, uh, another player who obviously has a really high IQ, a uh, really great playmaker, and can just do a lot of things on the floor. Uh, so, you know, those are two really big comparisons. But we are talking about a guy who was the, the number one pick. So, yeah, I can uh, see Grant Hill. Within those range of playmaking forwards, I think he, he kind of slots in. Yeah, definitely. I can see the Grand Hill comp. That's uh, for sure. That's a, probably the best I've heard so far. For sure. I, I know it's only Summer League, and we can't take too much from it. We don't want to overreact to the Summer League. But what's been your impression of Cade so far in, in the one game that he played? Is he a, a franchise player capable of that? Yeah, I think his first game was a little bit up and down. Uh, he, he hit his first two three-pointers, and then he kind of went cold. And the Pistons as a whole uh, just went cold after that, that first start or that hot start. So uh, it's, it's summer league, you know, stuff to put too much stock into it because you have so many, uh, you know, players on, on these teams who are, aren't really going to stick around. So, you know, I think guys are being asked to do things that they normally wouldn't have to do mm. during a normal season. Uh, but Kane should have had more assists than he had. You know, he had two assists and five turnovers. It probably should have been five assists and, and two turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys bumbled some lobs and, uh, you know, there were just some players that I think in, in the, a normal game uh, that probably just ends up becoming an assist. So the passing looked good. Uh, you know, I thought I thought his defense was good. He had really active hands. And of course, he's bigger than most opposing point guards. So he can really make life tough for him. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a, a great overall game for him, but I think he showed enough uh, just to demonstrate that he is a guy that can impact the game in different ways. And uh, of course, they they played Houston tonight, you know, with Jalen Green. So it'd be another opportunity for him to kind of work his way in and show what he can do. Next offseason, do you think that we're going to be talking about we need a number one guy in Detroit um, because Cade's not that number one guy? Or do you think we're going to be talking about we need some help to help Cade uh, because he is that number one guy? If I had to guess, I think it would be more so the latter. Uh, we're going to get some help for Kate. Uh, you look at what Atlanta did last year. Uh, you know, you have Trey Young, you have John Collins, and then you go out and you get a ton of role players. You know, you get Gallinari, uh, McDonough, just like a lot of guys who can come in, you know, just kind of uh, run the rotation out. And veteran guys who have been there and can play at a, a, a high level. I think that's probably more so what the Pistons can realistically do. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to go out and, you know, and get like Steph Curry or whatever. <laughs> uh, but as far as just being able to 
just add to what you already have. Uh, you know, you have a guy who was first team my rookie in Sadiq Bay. You know, Isaiah Stewart was second team my rookie. Uh, Killian Hayes got hurt last year, but, you know, of course, he only has 26 games under his belt. He was just the seventh pick. And then Jeremy Grant's coming off his stint with the Olympics. So you have a lot of uh, pieces in mm. place already. And, you know, just given that, you know, I think, you know, Cade is the franchise player for this team, you know, along with, uh, you know, like Jeremy Grant, Killian, those other guys. You have a pretty good core. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and just a team like Detroit, you know, you're not Miami, you're not the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, you're not, your path to success probably isn't just trying to get the best free engine on, on the market. So uh, if I had to, you know, predict it a year out, I would just say that you're looking at those kind of mid-tier guys who can just come in and uh, really make your rotation a lot better. And uh, hopefully you can make a playoff push that next season once you have those guys in the uh, system. Yeah, you mentioned Jeremy Grant there. He had a breakout season. We were talking earlier about how uh, I believe it was Denver that offered him the same contract that the Pistons did. And he ended up going to Detroit because he felt like he was going to get a more opportunity to showcase his talent and everything like that. Do you think next year he's still going to remain the number one option or are they going to kind of force feed Cade in that situation? I think he'll still be the number one option for year one. Uh, you know, I, I kind of look at it the same way. Uh, like when Zion came in with New Orleans, they uh, said, you know, this is still Drew Holiday's team. And, you know, and I don't think they're going to trade Jeremy like they ended up trading Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just overall, I think Jeremy's still probably the best player on, on the team. He's the most established. And I think Cade's play style is more so I want to get the team going uh, rather than I want to come in and immediately try to score 30 points. No, I think Cade can eventually become that guy. Uh, but just I think realistically next season, there's going to be this kind of filling out process of, you know, everybody figuring out how they best fit in. And given that Kate is such a good passer and he kind of thinks the game like a point guard, uh, mm-hmm. I could definitely see him deferring more early on. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, by the time he's in the second year, uh, you know, and of course he gets used to the NBA pace and he probably feels more comfortable as a score. Uh, we'll have to see. But early on, I still think this is probably Jeremy Grant's team just in the pecking order. Yeah, obviously, uh, K was the presumptive number one. But how do you view – I want to know how you view uh, Jalen Green. I watched him against my Cavs the other night, and he looked good as all hell, man. I got to ask you, are you at all worried that Jalen Green ends up being the best player in this draft and is better than Cade? You know, I think there's a, a chance if you're looking, you know, a few years down the line that, you know, Jalen Green could be at least as good as Kate. I think if you look at it just from the standpoint of, like, what are you getting from those guys now? Uh, Kate is a much better passer. Uh, I think he's uh, probably, you know, equivalent or, you know, maybe in that same tier as a, a shooter. Uh, you know, he's a, a little bit bigger than Jalen Green is. But, I mean, we saw, you know, of course, in their first game, uh, Jalen Green is a really great athlete. And, you know, he's got a really great handle. He's really quick. Uh, there are just some things he can do that that Kate can't. Uh, and if he does reach his potential as a, a defender, and if Jalen Green does get the playmaking element down, uh, you know, I think he, if you look down the line, you know, maybe his something is a little, little bit higher. But there's a lot of ifs with him, too. You know, I think it's also a very interesting case that Jalen Green doesn't reach his ceiling and Kate ends up having a better career. So, um, you know, I think Troy Weaver said it best during the evaluation process. There's multiple guys in this draft you know, number one. Mm-hmm. And I think you can make an argument, you know, in favor of Jalen Green. I just think right now, uh, you know, I think Kay is probably the better guy right now. Chad and I were just talking about how uh, Vegas sports books are not super friendly to the Pistons for next year in terms of uh, their odds to to win the finals or, or even to make the playoffs in some cases. What would be a good season, do you think, for for Detroit next year? What, what would what, how can they end the season and say that felt good? We're on the right path. What would those goals be? You think? I think you want to see 
uh, definitely just some substantial progress toward being that type of playoff team. Uh, I don't think you have to make the playoff next season for it to be deemed a successful season. Uh, this is a team that, you know, of course, won 20 games last year and had the NBA second worst record. So uh, there's nowhere to go. But, uh, uh, you know, if you're finishing more of those close games, because they did lose a lot of close games last year, uh, if you're seeing substantial improvement from, you know, Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart, and even though Sadiq probably surpassed all our expectations at the 19th pick, we want to see him get better as well. Mm. Uh, you want to see some of those young guys who are coming back, like Saban Lee and, and Frank Jackson, uh, continue to make strides forward. And I'll put Seki Dumbuya, uh, who was the 15th pick of 2019 in that group as well. And uh, and you definitely want to improve the win total. Um, mm. You know, they played 72 games last season. Next season will be 82. So you have more opportunities to win anyway. So I would expect <laughs> that they'll win more games because of that. Uh, but if you can get... Uh, in that 35 win range, like I think if you can definitely add 15 to that total and you can, you know, like look at the season as a whole and say, we did a much better job of competing, finishing games, you know, playing as a unit than we did last year, then that's a successful year. Uh, with young teams, like with rebuilds, I think it's just very rare that you see linear growth from one year to the next. Like you're going to see, you know, maybe some areas be ahead of schedule and some areas lag behind. Mm. Um, so maybe this team makes the playoffs next year, but I think the East is still pretty good. And I just don't think that they're quite there yet. If they do that, then obviously that's a slam dunk of a season. Uh, mm. but as long as they can probably get in that, like that 35 win range and you see substantial growth from the young players, I think that that's probably enough to say that that next season will be a good one for them. Yeah. And the central guy, we, Tony and I were talking The central guy immensely better this off season. You got Chicago, they added Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, the Cavs added a little bit of talent. Evan Mobley. We got Ricky Rubo, Rubio as well. Um, obviously, the, the Bucks are going to be really good. The Pistons got a lot better with uh, through the draft and everything like that. I want to ask you, realistically, how long do you think this rebuild is going to take? Uh, the Pistons are a small market team, just like the Cavs are. And those teams, those types of teams had to build through the draft in order to be good. What's the next steps in your mind for the Pistons for the, in order for them to compete for a championship? Yeah, so I think you have a lot of the key pieces in place now. And getting Cade Cunningham just accelerates what you already started last season uh, because he is a guy that could eventually grow into that number one option role. Um, you know, so I think with this season, you have so many you know players, so many key roles intact. You know, with Cade, with uh, Sadiq, with Isaiah, Killian, uh, Jeremy, obviously, and you have a lot of cap space next season. Uh, I think they're positioned really well. Uh, to potentially make a pretty substantial leap forward uh, during that 2022-23 season. I'm just kind of just looking at this roster the same way Atlanta's built, where you get those young guys in, and then you have cap space, and then you uh, spend a ton of money and just try to get those pieces in place to make a run. And you just trust that your young guys are good enough at that point to handle that responsibility. Uh, we saw that with Trey Young in the, in the playoffs this past year. Atlanta didn't have a great regular season. Uh, they kind of just like were up and down and they had some injury issues, but mm. it, it clicked when they needed it to click and Trey Young stepped into that role and got them to that, that next step. So uh, if you're the, the Pistons, I think you're hoping that by the time Cade is in his third season, or I guess that 22-23 season will be a second season, but a lot of your other guys are in their, in their third and fourth year, um, that you have enough pieces in place to really make that leap forward. So, uh, you know, I don't know. If, I don't think they're a championship team by 2023, but, you know, I think by then you would definitely want to see them comfortably make the playoffs. Hey, Chad, why don't we take a minute to tell folks about our newest sponsor on the show? Yeah, we're super excited and proud to announce that the DMP City Sports Podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. That's Better H-E-L-P. 
Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? I can tell you, Tony, I see a therapist once a week, man. I've been going for about a year and a half and it's it's been amazing. I see so much progress in my personal self and uh and how uh, I deal with problems, how I've dealt with issues in my past and stuff like that. It's no longer taboo to talk about mental health, man. It's very important. People are realizing how important it is. And that's why better help is, is around. Better Especially help. this day and age, Chad, man. There's so much extra stressors going on with the economy, et cetera. Great time to talk to people. Yeah, all kinds of different things that uh, you can get help with at BetterHelp. They'll help assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may or not may not be locally available to you in your areas. The services are available for clients worldwide, so no matter where you are, you can check them out. You can log on to your account at any time, that's 24 hours a day, and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly videos, maybe phone sessions, whatever's best for you, so that you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Yeah, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp, that's Better H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. Chad, whenever I buy a product or look into a new service, I want to see what people are saying, real yeah. people, uh, what Get they're saying reviews. about that product. Yeah, absolutely. Read those reviews. So here's a couple from the BetterHelp website. One says, I highly recommend Garland. He completely understands me. His approach also helped me a lot. He helps me with whatever I want to work out with myself and my relationships. I have seen good progress in my life when I started my counseling with him. I'm looking forward to having more sessions with him. Another one says, Regina Moyo has been really helpful. I'm going through a divorce and have been really down lately, having a hard time letting go. She's provided me with great resources and worksheets to help me work through this tough time in my life. You can read these testimonials that are posted daily on their website, betterhelp.com. That's H-E-L-P.com. If you go to betterhelp.com forward slash DMP, you can see over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Yeah, Tony, like you said, uh, they cover a variety of different topics and problems. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And right now there's a special offer for our listeners. If you go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com forward slash D-M-P, you'll get 10 percent off your first month. That's pretty uh, awesome deal, man. Yeah, it's exciting, man. We're we're really proud and excited to be collaborating with BetterHelp, not only because they're a great company, but we also feel like we're helping people because we're getting the word out on this show and we're helping you save money, which you know we like to do on this show as well. Yeah, exactly, man. And there's nothing more important than mental health. A lot of people take uh, care of their bodies, they're exercising, they're eating right. But you got to take care of your mental too, you know. Um and so, uh, as Marshawn Lynch said, you know, you yeah. got to take care of your mentals, man. Or as and, Muhammad Sanu said when yeah, he was on this show. Yeah. Remember he said all off season he was working on his physical health and his mental health yeah, as well. Yeah, it's incredibly important. It's no longer taboo to talk about mental health. People realize the importance of it. And that's why we're so excited to be partnering with uh, BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com forward slash DMP. You'll get 10% off your first month. Yeah, they they obviously probably will add another piece next year in the draft, uh, likely to have a lottery pick. And with the new uh, draft odds and everything like that, you never know. It could be end up being a top five pick or something like that. But teams like that that are small market, mid-level teams, 
uh, they have to build through the draft. Uh, they have, and then also like their Amari, their their window is much smaller, right? Because these these aren't super teams that you know Brooklyn and and L.A. that are in these uh, very desirable locations where they can just go out and handpick the James Harden and Carmelo and Russell Westbrook and all this stuff. But the window for those uh, uh, mid-level uh, small market teams is a lot shorter and smaller than obviously in big markets, right? It, it definitely is. I think the margin for error is just a lot smaller. Uh, we even see it with Milwaukee, right? Like you have to make trades to uh, get the players you want. And it's tougher to just go out on the market and find that exact piece. Uh, I mean, you just kind of look at it like PJ Tucker. You know, he's a key piece for the championship team, and then he just kind of goes to Miami. Yeah, and you know, Miami doesn't have that type of, of problem retaining guys because mm-hmm. it's Miami. Yeah. So the margin for error is definitely smaller for the Pistons, and I think that's why we've seen this front office talk a lot just about doing this organically and uh, drafting the right guys, not missing those picks. And um, then just making smart trades and smart signings and free agency. Like, I don't think Jeremy Grant was a guy that people expected to make this leap forward, uh, you know, in year seven of his career. But that's exactly what uh, he did. So you really have to kind of make those margin moves and hope that they 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 pay off. So uh, I think they've done a good job of that so far. But of course, to become a contender, you have to keep that streak going. And that's pretty hard. You know, you really have to trust in your drafting and your scouting and and your free agency signings uh, panning out. I mean, I think Pistons fans are no stranger to, you know, some of the free agency signings in the past that, mm-hmm. you know, just completely flop. So, mm. um, yeah, it's definitely a lot harder when you're a small market team. Yeah, like, I want to talk about Jeremy Grant real quick before we let you go, brother. Um, Because that was such a huge pickup, man. I don't know anyone that really saw that happening. I remember when the Pistons signed him, I kind of thought, like, damn, they kind of, they might have overpaid for him. But they obviously didn't. They got him at a bargain when it, in, in retrospect now. But how excited are Pistons fans that they got this guy pretty much like out of nowhere? I mean, he was like a seventh, probably sixth, seventh best player for that Denver Nuggets team. And now all of a sudden he looks like almost like a franchise type player. He's definitely, I feel like you got Kay Cunningham. I feel like he can be a great number two. You need, you need a number two guy. You know what I mean? Like that Kyrie type guy or something like that. I feel like he can be great in that role. No doubt. And yeah, Jeremy, I think fans, you know, yeah, you, you hear three years, 60 billion for a guy who was, um, you know, like probably the, the fourth option for Denver last season, had a good playoffs, but even so, uh, he wasn't a guy that had shown that he could handle that type of role. And then for him to exceed our expectations, uh, it's, it's already one of the best free agency signings in, in franchise yeah. history. Yeah. And there really just haven't been too many examples of uh, players working out to that extent, you know, especially in the last decade. But you can just go down the list and see players the Pistons, uh, you know, spend a ton of money on that. And then you end up uh, just just waiting for the contract to run out or you're trying to trade it or, yeah. uh, you know, you just eat the money or whatever it, 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 it is. You know, I think uh, some Pistons fans got PTSD flashbacks when they saw <laughs> that, that figure. Uh, but yeah, again, I mean, Jeremy Graham was a guy who had a relationship with Trey Weaver, uh, you know, going back years and uh try and do what he could do and you know he went out and, and you know paid more money than i think most teams would have, would, have, would have paid and it worked out so uh i think once that move panned out i think it made pistons fans feel a lot more confident in what the front office was trying to build you know because that's a move that's really hard to pull off successfully since, since you're out in vegas now I, I wanted to ask you you're covering the summer league can you give us a name or two of a, a guy or two who you think are going to surpass expectations that people may be sleeping on a little bit and are going to have a good summer um just for the pistons or just across the uh, either actually yeah either maybe one of each you give me one from the pistons and then one league wide maybe 
Sure. Uh, guy for the Pistons, I think, could uh, certainly, uh, you know, uh, impressing people next season is Sadiq Bay. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just only one game, so it's tough to say how much what he showed on Sunday is going to carry over. Uh, but he was a catch-and-shoot guy in college. He was a catch-and-shoot guy for the Pistons last year, and a very good one. I mean, he hit 175 threes in a uh, season of 72 games. So in a full year, he probably would have broken the rookie record set by Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but for Sadiq Bay to uh, you know hit step-back threes, like side-step threes, he had a couple of uh, turnaround fadeaway jumpers from mid-range on Sunday. Uh, those were not in his game last season at all. And if he can make that jump from just being a catch-and-shoot guy to being somebody where you could put the ball in their hands and he can get his own shot. Um, you know, I've seen, I've heard him compared to, to Chris Middleton and other mm-hmm. things like Chris yeah. Middleton can do. Yep. And he was doing some Chris Middleton-esque things <laughs> on Sunday. So again, it's one game. He may not do that in any of the remaining games they have mm-hmm. left. And, you know, and that's just something that we won't expect next season. But he's clearly been working on it and he was clearly comfortable enough with it on Sunday to do it multiple times. And if he's doing that next season, then we're talking about him just being a really good starter to, you know, potentially making an even bigger leap to uh, a wing who can really create for himself, which I think makes him significantly more valuable. Uh, then across the league as a whole, uh, like one guy I like, you know, like it, he may be a few years away, uh, but but Trey Mann with the Oklahoma City Thunder, mm. uh, he didn't have a great game against the Pistons on Sunday, but uh, he did kind of hit some tough shots toward the end and, you know, find his rhythm and, you know, just for a guy who you know, I think was one of the best pull-up three-point shooters in the entire draft. Uh, he just has a great touch on his floater. Uh, he's a good enough passer. I don't know if he becomes an NBA star, but he seems like a guy that, you know, could really carve out a, a, a really good role as a, a point guard in the league, you know, just given how good he is at, at shooting already. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know how many <laughs> scouts would agree with that, but personally, he's a guy that I like a lot. Uh, last question here, brother, before we let you go. I just want to get your uh... – uh, opinion on what what the season's going to be like next year for the Pistons. What do you envision their record being? I know you said uh, you're hoping like around 35 wins, but realistically, if if we had to put uh, put you on the spot, what do you think their win total is going to be next year? Yeah, I would probably guess around 35. Okay, uh, you know, I think they'll be maybe on the cusp of like being in that playing game conversation. Uh, as a whole, I think the East is just pretty good right now. Uh, you look at all the playoff teams last year; uh, most of those teams will be back. And then I think Chicago got a lot better. You know, I think Charlotte got better. Um, you know, the Wizards are a bit of a wild card. But overall, I think, you know, you can, you can say that they got deeper and overall the pieces maybe fit a little bit better together. Um, yeah, the Houston's just in a really interesting place right now. Uh, Miami absolutely got better. And I don't know in, in this year uh, specifically when the East is so deep that it's realistic for the Pistons to make a massive leap forward unless K excels all exceeds all expectations and you're seeing big leaps from guys like Sadiq and whatnot. So uh, I think it's possible for the Pistons to be in that conversation, but realistically, I'd probably guess 35 wins. Nice. Amari, we want to thank you for coming on the show. And one of the ways that we do that is uh, we're going to send you a bottle of whiskey from one of our favorite sponsors here uh, in Austin, Still Austin Whiskey. They're our favorite distillery. I know you said you're not a big partier, uh, but if nothing else, I can maybe put it up on the shelf as a little memento or something like that. Barter with that, man. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Just insider information. No, absolutely. Really appreciate that. <laughs> so when Chad reaches out to you and asks you for your, your a mailing address, this is why uh, this is why we're asking. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. You're super insightful. Gave us great information. I know the Piston fans out there that are our followers are going to uh, really appreciate this show so thank you so much yeah make sure you follow him on twitter at omari sankofa 
Uh, awesome information, man. He's out in summer league right now. You would definitely want to hit hit up uh, his uh, Twitter, get some information. Even if you're not a Pistons fan, I know every NBA fan wants to know how Kay's going to do this year. So definitely give him a follow, brother. Thanks again for coming on the show. Amari, we really appreciate it, brother. We'd like to uh, get you back on later in the season, mid-season, maybe pick your brain about uh, how the Pistons are progressing and everything as well. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm sure there'll be a lot to follow up on uh, midway through the year. So looking forward to it. Definitely. Thanks, brother. Have a good time out there, man. Let's try to stay cool. Hey, I'll, I'll do my best. It hasn't dipped below 103. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, good luck with that. Yeah, you're going to have to find a pool real fast, man. <laughs> Seriously. Let's be taking a spray bottle to spray myself walking down the strip and shit, man. God damn. All right. Thanks, brother. We appreciate it, man. Have a good time out there. Take care, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Peace. All right, that was Amari Sankofa with the uh, Detroit Free Press. Awesome interview. That guy knows his stuff, man, obviously, uh, out there in Summer League. Uh, I followed him on Twitter for quite some time now and love his insight, especially if you're a Pistons fan, you got you got to be following this guy. And if you just want, like we said, if you just want to keep track of what's going on with the Pistons and the number one pick, how he's maturing, how he's growing and everything like that, give him a follow because he's got some great insight. For sure. In a minute, Chad, I'm going to ask you how to spell his first and last name so that people can't follow him on Twitter. But I agree, man. That was a really awesome interview. He's out there in Vegas right now watching the Summer League. So you're you're talking to or we were talking to a guy and you're hearing from a guy uh, who's getting a first firsthand look. Uh, What were some of the things that stood out to you in that interview, Chad, that uh, that uh, you, you appreciated hearing from him? Well, uh, I just love how he was talking about um, what the Pistons need to add and how they're yeah. not quite there yet. You know what I mean? And um, I could see, I could see them being a really good team, man, because they've got, like we said, we've, they've got Jeremy Grant, who had a breakout season last year. A lot of people did not anticipate him having that good of a year. Like I said, I like I told Amari, I thought they overspent on him initially, and so. For him to have the year that he did, he proved me and a lot of other people wrong. But now they got some pieces, man. You got Kay Cunningham. You got uh, Jeremy Grant. Those are two guys that, he, like you said, Cade is – what I thought was interesting also about the interview was how he said that Cade is probably going to come into this year as a rookie being more of a facilitator, and he's going to kind of defer to Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's going to be the number one option, at least for this year. And then Cade will probably make that transition into being the number one option eventually. But he's going to be a, a more of a facilitator. And also, Amari talked about how he's going to be more of a ball handler, too, which is something that I wasn't expecting. You know, So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how he progresses, how he matures, because I saw Jalen Green. It's just one game. A lot of times we do this. We overreact to one game in summer league. You know, they're playing against a bunch of guys sure. that are probably going to be playing in Germany or something this year. You know, there's probably only like three legit guys on each roster that's going to be in the in the league the, this coming year. But he had an amazing game. He showcased all of his talents. I was like kicking my. I was just wish. Well, I was thinking to myself like, damn, I wish the Cavs would have got the number two pick. But I don't know if he just stuck around past his rookie contract. To be honest with you, but it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Like he said, uh, that last year, the top three or four guys in the draft this year would have been the number one pick. He said right. that K definitely, Jalen would have been a number one. He said that uh, uh, Evan Mobley uh, out of USC, they ended up going to Cleveland. And he even said uh, Suggs out of Gonzaga, uh, John Stockton's old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that, that he was the type of guy that could have been number one in previous drafts. So um, it was really interesting, man. The guy knows his stuff so well. He's so so plugged in. And if you want to, you definitely got to give him a follow on Twitter. And that is O-M-A-R-I-S-A-N-K-O-F-A on Twitter. Great, yeah. great follow, man. He's really high. He's really high on Cade, understandably so, mm-hmm. as a lot of people are right now. Um, but the idea of Jalen Green actually being a better player long term than Cade, yeah. he didn't dismiss that. He was mm-hmm. kind of like, 
yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could yeah. see that happening. And I could too. <laughs> I think a lot of people, and again, like you said, maybe an overreaction from one summer league game. But no, because I was I was hearing that before the draft. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I remember when we had Jordan Zermon and we were talking before the draft. Um, yep. You know, Jalen Green is an intriguing freaking player with a ridiculously high ceiling. Yeah. And so um, it, it shouldn't be too much of a shock. Some of those step backs that he was making against Ooh. the Cavs in summer league the other night Ooh. were just like, oh, dude, I, I, it was pissing me off. Every time he scored, it felt like a knife was being dug into my chest well, a little so bit So to more. clarify, you didn't give a shit, obviously, about the, the, the final score of the Summer League game. <laughs> I just didn't want him to do well. <laughs> I was just like, please, It please. was because the Cavs didn't like, get him. Yeah, I hope he goes like three for 20, and I hope his career <laughs> sucks. It was because I wanted him so bad, dude. After I watched tape on him, I was like, damn, I want this kid, man. He would be awesome, but the demented uh, psychology of a sports fan. He probably wants a bigger market than <laughs> Cleveland. You know, Houston yeah, is the, yeah. I believe, the fourth biggest market, the fourth biggest city in the United States. So that's a massive market. He's down by the water. Uh, Houston is. I'd rather, I'd much rather live in Houston than Cleveland for sure. But sure. as as a Cavs fan, I was hoping that uh, it didn't matter to him too much. I feel bad for Evan Mobley sometimes, dog, because he was in us he's at usc last year in la and he goes from la to cleveland he's probably just like what the hell kind of cow town is this shit man what the what's going on here man where's the buildings where's the city where's like the culture and the nightlife they got like a two block radius in cleveland that you can go have some fun in man that's about it what i'm concerned about for you chad is you're already feeling that knife start to twist understandably so after a summer league game this guy's gonna have a long career (laughs) so how are you gonna feel after his first all-star game after his first nba finals uh appearance after his first nba finals championship this is gonna be a gift that keeps on giving in a bad way for for you as a Cavs fan and, and i'm concerned for you yeah, I am too, man. Uh, I'm be doing a lot of drugs, <laughs> drinking a lot of beer. Yeah, just trying to escape the the uh, reality of Jalen Green not coming to Cleveland. No, I mean, in all seriousness, the, what I kept trying to tell myself when I was watching that game the other night was, dude, we, we didn't get the number two pick. You know what I mean? We got the number three pick, and we should have had, by all intents and purposes, we should have had like the sixth or seventh pick, you know? And that was the first time in six years that the Cavs have moved up in a draft. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot mm-hmm. of people think uh, they always get the number one pick because we got it two years, uh, two out of three years. But in, fa- in actuality, we weren't getting, uh, we weren't moving up. So that was the first time in the last six drafts that we actually have moved up and, and got a higher pick than what we were expected to get. So, you know, Evan Mobley, I think is going to be a great player. I think what's going to make that hurt a little bit less is if Evan Mobley becomes an amazing player, which I think he will. I saw some things from him, not only just watching his tape, but also watching him in summer league the other night. The guy can put the ball on the floor. He's got a very similar body type to Chris Bosh, although I do think that he can be better than Chris Bosh. I know that's crazy. You know, Chris Bosh was the number four, uh, I believe the number four pick in uh, his draft year, and this guy's number three. Very similar body types, but I think that he can put the ball on the floor a little bit more. I think he's going to be able to uh, step out, hit threes. Chris Bosh obviously was able to do that. Also, but I think he's gonna be more dynamic, man. I think he's gonna be able to handle the ball way more than Chris Bosch did. I think he's gonna be able to handle the it's gonna be he's gonna be a freak athlete, dude. The guy's seven foot tall and he could I saw him leading the break the other night and he didn't yeah. look he didn't look like a, a baby deer or anything. He looked like he knew yeah. what he was doing. So he's gonna have an amazing skill set. Um, one thing that the, the Cavs are definitely gonna have to do is he's gonna have to be a guy they're just gonna have to force feed, man. Yeah I, yeah, I do think his conditioning needs to get up. When I was watching him the other night, he looked a little a little gassed really early. Um you know, some of that could be, you know, being in Vegas and everything. But uh, I think that he's got to put some muscle on, obviously. What rookie doesn't? You know, Jalen sure. Green as well. Both those guys are real thin. But uh, I think um, 
in four or five years, this dude could, this dude could be an all star, you know. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, with the NBA, it's not like the NFL where a rookie comes in and just takes the league by storm. And the NBA, it takes you know four, five, six years for these guys to make that jump into elite status and everything. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be really, really interesting to see. This was a great, like Amari said, this was a great draft class. I think that this is a draft class we're gonna be talking about for years to come. Yeah, uh, with just the type of talent that was up at the top, top end of the draft. Um, top five, six picks. Scotty Barnes had a big night the other night for yeah. the Toronto Raptors. Yep. So, and a lot of people thought the Raptors reached when they took him at, at uh, uh, was it four or five? I can't remember. But uh, yeah, a lot of people thought that he reached that they reached when they took him. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Toronto's always been really good at developing uh, their skill players and just players in general. They've got a great staff there in Toronto. Uh, great coaching staff as well. So it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, Let me ask you a question, Chad, and, and I will acknowledge it's an impossible question to answer, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a ridiculous question, but I want to hear your prediction. Cade Cunningham's career is over. Mm-hmm. He's retired. On his Wikipedia page, we're going to read about the the highlights. Give me a profile of this guy's career. How many years do you think <clears> he's going to play? How many All-Star games? Does he win a championship? What do you think uh, this guy's uh, capable of? That's a great question, man. I didn't, I'd be, I, and, and being truthful, uh, I didn't watch too much of his career to know or to like definitively say, I think he's going to be this, this, or that. You know, I watched a couple of his games. I, I definitely saw what everyone was saying with him being the number one pick. Uh, I do think, like Amari said, that he's going to be able to uh, – Handle the ball a lot. I think he's going. Mm. I think he potentially could eventually be one of the number one or a primary ball handler for the Pistons. And you're going to see a guy that's going to be able to dish the ball a little bit. He's bigger, so he can see over defenses and everything. Um, now, offensively, I think you know he's going to be good. Defensively, I think he can be good as well. He's a big guy. You know, uh, I think he's going to be better defensively than Jalen Green. Jalen Green is going to be a shot maker, man. That dude's going to eventually at some point he's going to average 27 points a game in the league. Yeah, close to 30. Fran Fischilla was uh, calling the game the other night, and he was just ranting and raving about him. Said the same thing that someday he's going to average thirty points a game in the league. I can see it. And I can totally see that man. He's definitely got the skill set. I'm hoping, <laughs> not to be mean to the kid, but I'm hoping that he's more of like a volume shooter and he's more like a Lou Williams type that's uh, that's going to need twenty shots to get twenty points. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, he looks like he can do it all, man. The guy can dribble, he can pass. Uh, we'll see how well he can defend as as he gets older and put some more muscle on his body and everything, but. Dude, this is a great draft, man. Yeah. Can't complain. Top For five sure. picks, uh, like Amari said, four, four of those uh, top picks he felt like could have been number one picks in the last few years of drafts and stuff. So um, It's going to be fun to watch the NBA season play out when these guys start playing against each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of these top draft picks, it's, it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it is, man. It's going to be great to see. Dude, that's what I love about the draft. When these when these players come in, they make a lot of unwatchable teams watchable now. You yeah. know, Because I'm going to be watching the Pistons. Uh, for the first time in, in several years to see what Kay Cunningham is doing. You know, I'm going to be watching. Um, of course, I watched the Cavs, you know what I'm saying? But this year, you know, the Rockets were unwatchable for after they got rid of Harden last year, you yep. know. We lost so many games in a row. Uh, Steven Silas was crying in press conferences and shit. Like, they're not, not looking good, man. And now they're going to be a team. Dude, they, the Rockets, I will say this. They killed that NBA draft, man. They had four first-round picks, and I feel like all the guys that they picked looked really good, and you can see why why they uh, picked him. Uh, I forget the guy's name, Shanguin or something like that. From uh, He was uh, one of the top players in um, the Turkish League, I believe, last year. And uh, he's a big 6'10", 6'11 guy. He reminded me a little bit of Luis Scola type of guy. Not a little bit taller than Scola, but um, he, he plays under the rim, but he, he's effective. He can shoot. Um, 
he talks to the ball when he when he shoots free throws. No really shit. weird. Yeah, dude, it's really crazy. You're gonna have to stop that shit. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we ain't got time for all that, man. What the hell are you talking to the ball for? It's not gonna talk back. We're talking like like, like Tom Hanks with Wilson. Yeah, pretty We're much. Talking. He's like talks to it. He's like, I, know, I love you. I love you. <laughs> well, then he misses, and it's like I'm gonna get on YouTube immediately after. Yeah, this. You, yeah, you gotta check it out, man. It, it was like it's kind of weird. Damn. Fran Fraschilla was calling it out like every time. It's like, dog, we get it. He talks to the ball. Shit. Like, you know what I'm It's worth talking about, though. Not 10 times, though, dude. <laughs> Guy went to the line like 12 times. It's like, he's like, look, I'm talking to the ball. I'm like, oh, is he talking to the ball like you said he was the last seven times he's on the free throw line? Oh, shit. Why didn't I see that? I've never, never caught that from the first nine times you mentioned it, Fran. But, um, yeah, so they got uh, K.J. Martin, too. Uh, Kenya Martin's uh, son. Kenya mm. Martin Jr., yeah. K.J., High flyer, that guy can can uh can play, and then they also got Josh Christopher, who was at one time before he went to Arizona State, he was a top ten guy in in high school. Uh, Michigan was after him very very hard, and at, at one point he actually I believe was committed to Michigan, decommitted, ended up playing for Bobby Hurley in Arizona State, which was not a good decision. I don't feel like for his development. Mm-hmm. There's too many guys on that team, too many me guys. Everyone wanted to be the best player on that team. They didn't know the roles, mm-hmm. and so he ended up slipping into the the late first round. I believe he's taking 24th overall. A lot of people didn't see that come that happening coming into uh, his uh, senior year of high school. He's one of the top players in, in high school in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up going to, that's what happens when you go to Arizona State, you know. So not only four first round draft picks, but good value yeah, with, yeah. with the guys that they got as well. So that they're certainly yeah. KJ Martin wasn't even a first round pick. I believe they got him in the second round. So mm. uh, that guy is a high flyer. He's going to be a guy that I could see playing in the league for ten plus years. You know, uh, his dad was at the game and everything. And so they, they, I think the Houston Rockets are going to be a totally watchable team next year. They're going to be a team that you're going to want to check out on League Pass just to see how those guys develop. Absolutely, they're going to be high flying, man. KJ Martin, that guy gets up. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. Even, I think he was uh, actually in the league last year, but he played he a little two way player, I believe. But he blocked some of the tallest guys in the NBA last year. And he's only like six six, six seven. Mm. Uh, uh, not a not the biggest guy, but he's just like his dad, man. He could get up for sure. So it's gonna be interesting, man. A lot of these teams that, like I said, were unwatchable. You're gonna want to check out, check them out, and see how they're doing, how they're how these how these young guys are uh, acclimating to the game and everything. And um, Houston's one of those teams, man, for sure. And hopefully we can add the Cavs to that list at some point. That's the big tease, right? Mm-hmm. After both the NFL and NBA draft, not so much the MLB draft because we never see those guys yeah, yeah, for yeah. years, right? But after the N- NBA and NFL drafts especially, it's like, can the season start already? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see what these guys look like in mm-hmm. pads. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to yeah. see what these guys look like on the court in a real game. And the summer league gives you a little taste mm-hmm. of it. But it's like, I'd love to fast forward and have the season start. I can't fucking yeah, wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see how these guys' bodies change, too. Because they yeah. got six weeks now. And for the first time in their lives, they're professional athletes. They're going to be getting a professional attention. Some of the best minds in sports are going to be helping them. Uh, transition to the next level. Remember when we talked to Joe Wieskamp, that process for him started, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> months ago. Because of priority sports, because uh, of his agency. They are a top-notch agency. We've uh, we've uh, talked to them. I've talked to his agent quite a bit. Um, very, very nice person. Um, they they take that stuff seriously, man. They make sure they got those guys in shape. They're making them – they're having them eat right. They're breaking down parts of their game. As, as Wheezy said – they're showing them player comps that they're similar to that they can look at and say, hey, I want to model my game after this guy. Joe Wieskamp talked about modeling his game after Duncan Robinson. I'm sure Priority Sports, one of the best sports agencies in the, in the country, had a big hand in that and, and procuring that that information and, the, and that tape for him and everything. So and their bodies are changing. He's yep. been working out, trying to bulk up, as you said, how important that is for these rookies. That process has started months ago and is going to continue until the start of the season. So, yeah, what's he going to look like in a, a Spurs jersey? What are all these guys going to look like in their team's jerseys? It's exciting. It's going to be crazy, man. Yeah, I'm so excited, too, because a lot of these guys we're interviewing, you know, and 
uh, last week we had John Stockton on. We, you and I had talked off camera several t- for several weeks talking about how we wanted to start getting into the NBA because we've had a lot of NFL guys on. Right now it's the NBA offseason. We want to transition and get some NBA guys on the show, and we've done that. We've got Joe Wieskamp, who was uh, picked by the Spurs. It's going to be interesting to see those guys uh, develop. It's going to be awesome that I was so happy that when Weezy got picked by the Spurs because now we can go see him instead of only being able to see him once a year when uh, they play the Spurs, you know, or twice a year if he's in the Western Conference. Now we can go down and see him whenever we want, you know. Yeah, so sure. I'm gonna I want to go down there and check him out when they're playing the Rockets or the Cavs or something like that, or even when they're playing terrible teams, you get super cheap tickets. You know what I mean? Get some twenty dollar tickets and stuff. I, me and my uh, me and my girl went to go see. Uh, uh, we went to a. Uh, Cavs game uh, down there in San Antonio. Uh, was it a year and a half ago, I believe? Kevin Love ended up. We were about to leave, man. We were down by four with uh, – uh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, we were about to be down by four. They were on the line. San Antonio was on the line. Mm. Could have made a four-point game with like eight seconds left or something like that. They missed the free throw. We, I told my girl, I said, let's stop. Let's check this out. Let's watch. I mean, we were walking so out of the stadium. you're standing up. Okay, you're up yeah, out of your Yeah, we're like seat. walking okay. out of the stadium. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this game, if he makes his free throw, it's over. He missed it, and I was like, all right, hold on, baby. Let's, let's, let's chill out for a second. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so Kevin Love ends up hitting a three. We go to overtime. We end up winning the game. It was an awesome, awesome. Damn. Yeah. And at Spurs games, now that they're not as good as they used to be, you can buy a $20 ticket and just walk your, walk your happy ass down a little bit closer to, nice. to the action, man. It's pretty cool. So I'm going to be doing yeah. that shit a lot this year. <laughs> ticket jumping and shit, man, for real. Absolutely. But, uh, hey, you mentioned the John Stockton interview. For those of you who haven't seen it, that was our last episode last yeah. week. Definitely encourage you to check that out. The extended version is on iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, anything other than YouTube. So please do check that out. Yeah, it was awesome to talk to John. It was awesome to talk to Omari this week. Yeah. And it, another thing that's awesome is I Oddshark. Oddshark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for an upcoming game? Oddshark has that too, and it's free. In-depth expert analysis, stats, and numbers, and, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. Whether you want to check out tonight's football odds, this week's hockey or basketball trends, or anything in between, head on over to Oddshark and start thinking like a shark today. Got to check out Odd Shark if you're going to place a bet, man. You're, you're a fool not to, right? Absolutely. We so. used them earlier in this episode to uh, pull up those odds yeah, because yeah. they allow you to compare the odds in the different websites. We love <clears throat> us some Odd Shark here for sure. Yeah, definitely. And so make sure you give us a follow on all social media platforms. We are at DMP City Sports. If you're watching on YouTube, that's probably going to be on your screen right about now. Give us a follow. Give us a review. Like the episode. Subscribe to the show. Tell your friends about the show. All that stuff helps us. Helps us get bigger guests. Helps us get paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. So uh, all that stuff helps immensely. Also go to hotpodmedia.com. You can check out all of our past episodes there. You can also look at uh, some of the other shows that Hot Pod Media is producing. They basically got a show for every topic you're interested in, Indeed. man. So it's really cool. Make sure you check them out. Give us a follow. Give Hot Pie a follow. Um, this our is a great is on yeah. hotpodmedia.com yeah, yeah. as well. Check that out. Yeah, it's a good episode, man. Yeah, man. It was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, until next week. Yeah, until next week. For Tony, I'm Chad. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.